first fruits of all thy increase, so shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and the presses shall burst out with new wine. Verse 11, my son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. For whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth, even as a father, the son in whom he delighteth. Now you know why he started verse 1, my son. Pick up verse number 7, if you would, please, because there I want to draw from. Be not wise in thy own eyes. Amen. We're going to talk today about paths of wisdom. You can be seated. Thank you. Paths of wisdom. Uh, last week, we talked a lot about knowledge. Knowledge, amen, that, that, that helps us pursue wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. How many know that? Just fearing the Lord, just reverencing the Lord. But this week, there are paths. I want to talk about paths of wisdom. Proverbs 3, and I, I, I want to emphasize this. Proverbs 3 is full of how we should posture ourselves toward the wisdom of God. How we should try to live, how we should try to be, posture ourselves, amen, toward the wisdom of God. There is, and I, and I want to I emphasize this today because... It's true. It's true. Sometimes it's hard to, to say it out loud. But there is a propensity in our faith, in our movement, in our organization, however you want to label it. Uh, there, there is that propensity. That just means an inclination or uh, a natural tendency uh, for us, mankind, uh, to lean toward legalism, what we call legalism. Now, legalism is a term that's really misrepresented because uh we look at things in view of our faith that way, but it's really basically a belief that a person can be saved by good works. That's what true legalism is, to believe that you can be saved by what you do, by your good works. That is just not true. Amen. We cannot be saved by our own merit. Somebody say amen. Amen. Because when you think about it, and I really want to nail this home, especially to our adult class here. Uh, don't we find, and I, and, and I, you know, I'll be the first one. You know I'm open book to, to explain this. Don't we find it difficult to believe that God can love us all the time when we know we don't deserve it? We, we, we do. We, I mean, if we'll be honest about it, we sometimes find it hard to believe that God loves us. We, we know he does, but we just have a hard time of zeroing in on really knowing that he loves us when we're not where maybe we think we should be. And, and when we look at that, I believe that some find it hard to accept the idea that God would save, God would deliver people without any kind of merit. Uh, it's, it's a hard thing to realize in this day and age uh, because everything, you, you don't get something for nothing is what we've been taught. And so you don't get something for nothing. There, you have to merit it. You have to earn it some way. And so we find sometimes it hard to accept. And I'm laying these things out there because those are things really sometimes on our mind. But I believe it's God's emphasis on grace. Somebody shout grace. When it comes to salvation, and he addresses it, and the Word of God addresses it in the New Testament very heavily. And when we talk about grace, it's something that we really need to lean on more. Uh, I find myself, the older I get, uh, the more I have to lean on grace. Amen. 
Ephesians chapter 2, if you'll go there, verses 4 through 9. Notice how the Apostle Paul, and I believe he words it very, very distinct, very good at it. Look at this, verse number 4. But God who is what? Rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us. Next verse. Even when we were dead in sins, listen, even when we were in sin, dead in sin, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace are you saved. Isn't that awesome? And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Already, already seeing ahead, having us sitting with the Lord. Get that. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ. How many believe that today? How many believe it's the mercy of the Lord that we're here? It's the mercy of the Lord that we're here. And guess what? It's the mercy of the Lord that's going to carry us on. Come on, we're not going to get there on our own. Look what the apostles said. We're not going to get there on our own. It's still the mercy of the Lord that's going to carry us into those heavenly places. Think about that. That, that. To me, that's awesome to think about. And the apostle puts it very well when he calls it the exceeding riches of God. Now, here's the thing, and I'm a true believer in this. Faith. Somebody shout faith. Faith is a key component. To God's grace. You gotta have faith. What's that mean? You gotta believe it. We can read about God's grace. We can even hear someone else's testimony about how God was merciful and graceful to them. Amen. But we ought to know, watch me now, we ought to know, especially if you've been buried in a watery grave in Jesus' name and if you've been filled with His Spirit. You've received the grace. Because while, long before, while we were still in our sin, what did he do? He thought and he figured out a way to deliver us through grace. Somebody shout grace. We, we need grace. That's the path to wisdom. Being wise today is being merciful and being graceful. And man, does that war with our flesh. I promise you, if you was on your way to church today and somebody flipped you off, you would have been thinking about, it would have probably took you a few minutes to think about mercy or grace. That wouldn't have been our, our first thoughts. But faith is a key component to God's grace. Why? Because faith takes us out of it. Faith takes me out of the picture. Come on. It takes me out of the equation. It takes the I out of the equation. Faith puts God in the equation, and we know that we can't do it ourselves, and faith puts the Spirit, puts the Lord in it. It's the gift of God. We have the gift of God given to us. We have the, the Holy Ghost. We have more power, I believe, than what most realize. Because mostly we haven't learned to tap into that power and have the faith to believe that when I ask God for something, he's going to do it. 
Well, Brother Purdue, I've asked God. Stop. Don't give the devil any due. Keep asking God and keep being faithful. Why? Because he's faithful. Don't give up. You've heard me say, I said it last week. Sometimes, you know, pre- we, you don't think preachers, you don't think pastors, you don't think ministry ask God for things and we don't receive them? Watch. We asked God for a full assembly in our class this morning. We asked God for smiling, happy faces in our assembly this morning. I don't know what happened. It must have been the snow. Oh, we ministry ministry looks to God for a lot of things. But sometimes we have to have faith and believe that God is going to do it or God knows why he's not going to do it. And at some point he might let us know because, amen, that's where it belongs. We need to have faith. Now think about it. And and let's be truthful. If we'll just be honest with ourselves, the reason why people don't find it, or let me say, the reason why people do find it hard, uh, difficult to accept salvation by grace Sometimes we, people find it hard. We're living in a time where people, when you talk to them about the Lord, they're constantly, they're constantly wondering, what, what, what's, what, what, what are you up to? You're, you're witnessing to them and they're, you know, because everything offered means there's something behind it. There's a motivation or a reason. Uh, and, and some don't realize, hey, listen, all it is is just about wanting you to get close to God, want you to have a relationship. Once you have a relationship with the Lord, then you'll understand. Because until then, it's hard to explain. You know, we sing the songs that tell us that. But if we think about it, the reason why people, the reason why we find it hard or difficult to accept salvation by grace is simply our value system. Now, stay with me because I, this is what I really believe the thrust of our class and we're the elders, and we're the, we're the pillars, we're, we're the church. You know, the, the, the young people are the lifeblood of the church, but we're the, we're the structure, we're the holding up the church. Think about it. We need to understand our value system. And I thought this, uh, I've been thinking a lot, especially for myself, how we value people, how we look at each other. I heard a preacher years ago talk about we walk around and we number people. There's a one, there's a six. There's a four in our one to ten scale, you know. There's one. Here's a zero. We, we don't say it out loud, but I don't care who you are. Don't act like you don't ever look at somebody and think, well, I don't know about that one. In whatever environment you're in. We, that's why we have to be totally honest. How we value people, how we value stuff. We value other people based on abilities of those to produce a certain outcome or effect that we think should happen. Whether it's on the job or whether it's in the world. I mean, we can be standing in the line at the Dairy Queen. My God, pick up something, go. Make a decision. This is Dairy Queen. It's it's not new. Oh, you ain't never thought that. You ain't never been behind somebody in the drive-thru. Well, my Lord, you pull up there, and they're, they're reading the whole thing. Uh, yesterday, yeah, yeah. Come on, it's a chicken place. How many choices do you have? 
we do it, we do it, we do it, we do it over and over and over. We value some things based on how we feel like the outcome should be. And really it comes down to a preconceived level of our thinking. Simply on an uh, intellectual, we look at somebody on their intellectual, you know, how they you know, approach and how they act, the physical level, uh, how they can do and what they can do in some circumstance, even in the church on a spiritual level. I'm glad it got quiet. Because our class, we should not be like this. We shouldn't look at somebody and say, my God, they've been, in, they've been coming to church now for six months. They ought to be doing better. Well, first of all, you don't know what they, they battle. And to them, they may be doing a whole lot better. Trust me. They're not in a crack house. They're not on a bar stool. They didn't stay home. I don't care whether they're raising their hand a hundred times in service or not. Quit looking at that and quit trying to value what somebody has based on their action. That don't make, listen, I'm going to tell you something. You've heard me say it a thousand times from this pulpit. I don't care how much you shout. That don't make you spiritual. Our consistency in everyday life is what makes us spiritual. I've seen people shout and pop like balloons and you never see them again. I've seen people tear up the altar with the Holy Ghost and you never see them again. I've seen people cry and you think, my God, what a change. And nothing changed in their life. So how we look and how we see, we value things based on what we think should be happening. And if we are in agreement with what we see, and as long as they have a higher, you know, intellectual, higher physical, or a higher spiritual ability, we'll place them higher. I'm going to tell you something. There's some people in here that ain't even really living like they should, but God will still use them. Sometimes because we refuse to allow him to use us. For whatever reason, it happens. Now, I could stop right here and really offend some folks and say, well, if the Lord can use a donkey. I love my class. I do. No. Think about it. Just we, we, how we perceive and how we see or how we view things sometimes is how we determine Really how things are. That's not wisdom. Look at this. Because our actions sometimes show disappointment. Sometimes it happens that way. Sometimes it just don't. What maybe appears to be one thing is just not the case at all. And that action sometimes we think, oh, well. Second uh, Corinthians uh, chapter 10, verse 12. Because the, the apostle Paul says it, I think. And really just kind of nails it down really good for us to have a, a good understanding. For we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that condemn themselves. But they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves. Now that, let that soak in for a minute. Listen, I can't measure everything based on just me. You can't expect me to be you. 
I don't expect you to be me. Oh, we measure ourselves sometimes, and sometimes how we measure ourselves, we miss it. Look at me. I believe in having confidence, but I believe you can go overboard with your confidence. I, I believe you can be ugly with your confidence. You know, me and my dad's had this conversation because growing up, he, you know, he didn't have an education, got a fifth grade education. And, you know, for a while there, I believe he had a thing about education. Now, he wanted me to get an education, but he had to think about because a lot of things that was, especially in the pulpit coming out, young ministers coming, how we do things, sometimes, it, well, education. And, and, and we talked about how that people, you see some people, and when, they, when, they, when they're coming at you, here comes Diamond. Oh, Lord. Oh, we're going to hear about how smart she is, what she has, that new car, all that stuff. And, and when we see, and, and when we see, we see somebody come, we start drawing those, and we think, oh, my Lord. It may not be judging because it may be fact. They may do that. They, 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 they may, when they walk up, talk to you. It may be one, instead of a five-minute conversation, it may be a 30. We know that a fact, it's a fact. And so we sometimes say, oh, Lord, here we go. But just the opposite. I told him, I said, just the opposite. Because they're going to brag on their kids. They're going to brag on them. They're going to say these things. Just the opposite about some of us that maybe don't have much. That when they see us coming, well, Lord, here comes Brother Purdue. All we're going to hear about, he didn't have no education. Only had a fifth grade education. Didn't do this. And did, I mean, it's on both sides. How we view, how we see somebody is based on what we think of the, and, and what we value in our own circle. We do. We get used to certain ministry. And Lord, if that ministry ain't the same, it throws us. We, we just. We, we, we get used to certain singing, a certain style. When it's not that way. should affect our worship. It should affect how I feel about God. It should affect the church. It should, it should affect those things. Look at me. Not everything's my cup of tea. But as a leader, sometimes you've got to allow some things, whether it's your cup of tea or not. You've got to work with people so that they can establish, especially if there's a desire, want to do something, and they feel like they're doing something for God. I love when our young people step out here. I don't care whether they hit the marks or not. Stepping out is a big deal. In the system, stepping up here. When you're up here looking out, anybody want to come up here and look out right now? It's not, it's not the limelight sometimes we think. Because sometimes you feel things that come out. Because this is a body. And in leadership, sometimes the leadership has got to understand, we've got to feel virtue come from the body, and the body's got to feel virtue come from the ministry. Paul says, listen, it's a lack of wisdom if we compare ourselves, measuring themselves by themselves, comparing themselves among themselves. He says, he says it's not wise. It's not a wise thing. Simply, it causes a continued self-evaluation of their worth to God. Now, some might say, well, that's a good thing to always evaluate my worth to God. I don't think that's always a healthy environment. 
Because when God's trying to use you and God's trying to do something in your life, amen, you better already have the worth. You already better believe that God when he says it. Think about Father Abraham. We, we believe Abraham, man, was just a, a, a friend of God. Was a, listen, think about Abraham. Now, and think about this, especially in our culture today. Think about Abraham. Or Abram, I'll start with Abram. Because when God spoke to Abram, he said, get out, go. And he told him a whole series of things. God said to do this. Now, God didn't have, or Abram didn't have the resources that we have. He didn't have history. <laughs> he didn't have a historical background of how did God deal with people. We do. We have the word of God. We know how God, and he's consistent how he deals with people. He didn't have that when God spoke to him. He didn't have that background to say, let me go to history and let me Google that and see how that works. To see whether I can trust the Lord or not. Because, man, you know what? This is a big step. This is not moving out of state. This is revaluing my life and my family. Think about it. When God spoke, he didn't have all the things that we have today. And yet we have the Spirit of God supposedly dwelling in us to guide us, to direct us, to lead us. That with the Word of God. I mean, listen, we're, on, we're ahead of the game. And, and the devil knows that. And he knows if you know that, <laughs> that puts you in the front. And that puts him in the back. That make, oh, listen, that makes his voice less powerful and less meaningful in your life. Because you know it's knowledge. Knowledge becomes wisdom when we put it into effect. When we put that knowledge into work, guess what? It becomes wisdom. <laughs> he didn't have all the stuff we got. And look what he did. God spoke to him and he did it. Wouldn't it be awesome today if we did what God said? All the time, at any given moment, whoo, hallelujah. Think about it. Think about the services we can have. Think about the miracles that would take place. <laughs> because, listen, it happened. It happened. Think about it. Abram, he didn't have the resources. He didn't have the knowledge that we have to be able to look back and, and, and evaluate what that voice and what the Lord was saying to him. We have the Word of God, and the Word of God has been consistent. And hopefully, let me stop saying, hopefully the Word of God is consistent in y'all's lives. Because if the Word of God is consistent in your life, it'll make you consistent in His. That's good. Because that's wisdom. Because, look, go back. It causes a continued self-evaluation of our worth to God. And this, and this they missed the point of pleasing God. If we're not careful, we can miss that point of pleasing God. It's not about pleasing the pastor. Please, it's not about pleasing. It's, it's pleasing God. What does God want me to do? How does God want me to handle this? Come on, we all have opinions and ideals, and I love people, and I love different things. You know me, I like variety. But it comes down to it. You've got to know what the Spirit is saying, and you've got to know what the Spirit wants done. In our lives, come on, in our children. And, and, and the most valuable resource is, the, is our children. 
our kids are watching us. That's why I chose crazy. I had crazy around the kids because, you know what, I can be consistent. Next week, they'll see me as crazy. Because if I'm moody, I'll be like mom and dad. Oh, you all thought you were uh, laughing at me, so. No. <laughs> they see the moods. They see. Listen, consistency is what our kids need. It's wisdom. It's good to show them. Amen. Listen, I don't know what. And it's okay. I don't know what God's doing, son, daughter. I don't know what they're doing. But guess what? I trust the Lord. And we will see. God will show us. I, I, I know he will. He always has. Go back to verse number one in our lesson. Proverbs 3. Why do you start out? My son, forget not my law. But let thy heart keep my commandments. What's he saying? God wants us to keep his word. Be consistent in keeping his word. How do we keep it? Not, not just by reading it, not just by knowing it, by putting it in our heart. Because if it's in our heart, if it's in our being, we will live it and it won't be difficult. But our keeping the word. Listen, when we, you know, you won't hear too many pastors say this in this day and age, but it's true. If, if, we, if, if we just try to keep things by following a checklist of rules, here's what you do, here's what you don't do. If you have to have that in your life, you need to get to an altar and let God take care of it. While we have, listen, while we have a boundary, while we have things framed out for order, for what's needed, listen, I'm one of those, and I know some of you don't, don't understand this, I don't let anything on my platform. I don't want to let anything on my, and when I know something on my platform, on this platform, on this holy place, because we are to be an example to everybody, 8 to 80 or less or higher. We do. And just anything and everything? No, I don't believe that at all. I don't believe God wants me to be taught by somebody that don't even understand the basics of salvation. Sorry. It takes the Holy Ghost. Because no man can say Jesus is Lord except how? It's a spiritual thing. So it's not just anything and everything. A lot of these guys out here teaching, they do a great job. There's a lot of great orators. There's a lot of great teachers. There's a lot of great structures. But I don't jump on every bandwagon because some other church does. You just can't. You can't. Listen, it's wisdom to be that way in your own individual life. You can't do what somebody else in the church might try to do. Be careful with that kind of attitude. Be careful with pulling them in to your window with that attitude, I'm just telling you, because it's we. If we're not careful, we'll just it's, it's we have to have this checklist of rules, and that was never that was never his intention to have that. God wants it to come from our heart. Well, Brother Purdue wants me to dress. I don't want you to dress that way. Stop saying that. It makes you immature. 
Yes, we have some standards, rules, regulations, things that we require here. Yes, we do. But it's not Brother Purdue. I believe it's a spirit-given, spirit-led for this body. I can't attain to some other body. or something. We're all supposed to be in this together. And if we all had the same ideas, there wouldn't be churches on every corner like there is fast food restaurants. We would be unified and together. Amen. Some are good at explaining things and some are not. Maybe we're in that category where we're not. That's fine. But it doesn't change the fact that you've got to, you have got to learn and know what works. That's what wisdom is. You've got to know it. And the only way you learn that is by experience. And sometimes, just like yesterday, some, sometimes it's by trial and error. Sometimes you pick up good ideas. I, I, I already see something happening here. The, the glasses, the dark shades. Yeah, I already see it happening. Listen, there's, yeah, I'm sorry. I took you guys out of that. It was a wedding yesterday. I'll, I'll just leave it there. But God wants a heart to please him. Because a heart to please God is the discovery of the foundation of wisdom. Knowledge, the big fear of the Lord, reverencing God is the beginning of knowledge. Correct. But if we don't put that into action, it won't become wisdom. We just know something. How many believe in trust? I just read to you, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, listen, we got to be careful sometimes what we say. I'll trust this, but I won't trust that. How many ever flew on a plane? Where's your trust? Is your trust in that, you know, 50,000 pounds or 50 million pound plane, you know, that's going to, is your trust is in that plane? Well, you better have some in the engine and in the, in, 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 in the people that put it together and in, in, in the maintenance. You better have some. Because I don't care how good the pilot is, when all the engines blow, hello, he can have all the knowledge in the world. What about the pilot? How much faith do we have in the pilot? We're driving down the road like you did for Fort Wayne. What about that semi coming next to us? The driver, the equipment, the tires. You see, when it comes to trust, we really, in a lot of ways, we trust things without even thinking about it. Can't we get that way with God? When I walk, let's come on. When we walk in those doors, can't we just trust? God's getting ready to do, God's going to do something. He's going to do something. It's going to be amazing. I, I don't know who the pilot's going to be today. I don't know which aircraft's going to pull up and I'm going to get on. I don't know all about that stuff. I just trust it's going to happen. Come on. I bought my ticket. I got my ticket. 
I believe God. Come on. My faith and trust, trust in the Lord with all of our hearts. You're not going to get on that plane if you don't trust. Matter of fact, we've read and heard all kinds of stories of people that went to get on and didn't feel good and checked out. And in some cases, something happened. Their life was spared because of that inclination. They, they just, think about it. Now think about it. Because when we think about the Holy Ghost, what time is it? When we think about the Holy Ghost that's guiding us and leading us, and it's all about truth. The only opposition to the Holy Ghost, now get this, the only opposition to the Holy Ghost is not truth. It's the spirit of truth. So the only thing that would steal our faith or take away from truth is the opposite of it. Because if we have knowledge that God can do anything, come on, we have the same knowledge that God is willing to do everything. Because if we ask believing, Again, it goes back to the, what I set up here. The value. If we don't, oh, hear this before I close. Hear this. Because if you don't value yourself first, higher and better, because it's based on maybe just all these other. Listen, get that out of the way and start taking steps in faith. God, I believe you. I believe you're going to do it. Lord, when I do that, I believe you're going to take care of it. Come on. I believe you're going to fill that bus up. Hallelujah. Lord, I, I feel like we're going to see a, 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 I mean, a growth, a surge of young people. I believe there's going to be an outpouring of the Holy Ghost in the 1115 service today. Come on, I believe God's going to, amen, heal somebody before we leave this place today. Come on, those are steps of faith. And when we trust in the Lord with our, all of our heart and not our own, our own understanding. Well, it's just Sunday. It snowed. We got all these reasons why we shouldn't feel all right. If we could just get them out of the way, just remain standing. Because if you look in our lesson, I've already read it, verses 2, 3, and 4 of Proverbs 3, it gives us, it shows us the quality and length of life and that we receive favor from God and man. If we will trust in the word of God, keep the word of God. Keep our faith in God's word every day. Then it gives us the things that sometimes we don't even ask for. The health and strength. The guidance that God gives us. And I want to remind us before we close. When we put all of our trust in, in kind, and we do. And I say this to some new folks, I believe. We put our trust you say, well, the church, the church, the church, the church, and, and the church's people, and you look, maybe somebody in the church has hurt your feelings, and you, all, the, all these emotions. You put your trust in all kinds of earthly things every day. And I, I used a couple examples, planes, cars, trucks, food processing. I've seen that this week. You, uh, what's those uh, big, those drinks, those monster drinks? In the bottom of a monster drink was a mouse. Starbucks, 
If you only knew what went on in the canning process, packing process. If you only knew what went on in the back of the kitchen at some restaurants. I'm setting you up, brother, for the next one. If you only knew how many half clipped fingernails. My Lord, if you watch forensic files, you'll know that just the smallest amount underneath somebody's fingernail. Well, think about that in the cooking industry. Whatever they have under that, oh, my Lord, it could get in. It could get into my nice biscuits that somebody handmade. Dad eats biscuits of gravy every day at Hardy's because they hand make those biscuits. Listen, you, you do that every day. We do every day. How about our sanitation department here in Muncie? We better hope that they're doing the right thing and that water and everything every day is just because we just turned the faucet on. Equipment to get us to church back and forth. And look at your neighbor and say, even people. But we tend to question God if things don't go exactly as planned or expected. And we, and, and we just think, all right, last scripture. Put it up there. We're going to read it. Pray. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. We, 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 we say this, especially when we find ourselves in trouble. But I want you to see the key part, the very first beginning. And we know. Don't we? Let me, let, me, let, me, let me bring you back in. Because you're already closed out. And we know. I just told you what could be going on. Is it going to keep you from going to the restaurant? Going to keep you from getting on an airplane? Probably not. And I figure fly. Because I'd rather fly as dry. Is that good? No. And we know. So spiritually, and we know all things, do we? All things. Even the worst things that's happening to you right now. And we know all things work together for good. It's for my good. It's for good. It's going to make you stronger. It's going to make you better. And it's going to make you wiser. them that love God and to them that are called according to his purpose. Let's lift our hands. Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity today. We thank you for our Bible class, Lord. God, I pray that you bless us and help us, God. Help us to realize, Lord, our pursuit, Lord, in wisdom. God, is to be wise. Lord, God, is to learn. God, to understand every day, Lord, to grow in you, Lord, to allow your word, God, to be the lamp unto our feet, the light unto our path, God. Help us, Lord God, be able, Lord God, to continue on in your will, in your direction. In Jesus' name, we thank you for it. Amen, amen. All right, shake hands and be friendly with somebody. Amen. We're going to take a bathroom break here. Come on back in and we'll let the kids in here. We're going to have a good service. How many, come on, come in expecting.